podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Hello. And welcome to the Ian Loring, good evening, one and all. Um, we are not joined by Becky yet. I'm motioning to her, even though she's not there, because uh, she's not on <laughs> work yet. Uh, so she, she is, is motoring her way on the way here, and then she will, she will join in uh, once she gets here, um, and, and then we will be back to our joyous threesome uh, there. Um, so yeah, what have we got this week? What have we got this week? Uh, we have um, the latest... Uh, of the the, the the Rock and Ryan Reynolds do their fan uh, thing. Um, that was advertised as from director Roshan Marshall Thunder. Uh, or Thuba. Thuber, uh, Thuber. Yeah. Something like uh, that, isn't it? Which is a little bit like, uh, it, which leaves me, uh, every time I saw that advert in my brain, when you know the Guardians of the Galaxy thing of the who? Ooh. <laughs> a little bit like that. And the thing is, I, I've seen all of his movies and I like all of his movies. And even I constantly get his name wrong and think that he's called something, something Thunder? Yeah, Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats. Yeah, so like, we have uh, the latest there offering uh, the uh, painfully uh, Netflixy movie Red Notice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, we have Spencer, a-, a movie that we've all been intrigued about. I don't know. Has Becky actually been intrigued, or has she been, uh, if I have to? She, she was a little bit like that, but then she kept on going. But the thing is, she kept on saying, like, all oh, yeah. leading up to it. She kept saying to me. But the thing is, there is no way I can see um, Kristen Stewart being in a straight-up Diana biopic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, no. She's like, right, so what is it? Because if I get there and it is just a straight up Diana Balpeck, then I'm just going to switch off. But it, it can't be. And that was the same for me. I was there going, it can't be. It just can't be. Mm. Um, so we're going to chat Spencer. Um, we do some what we've been watching. Uh, myself and Becky have finally got with uh, Shang-Chi. Uh, I also re-watched Shang-Chi. So, okay, cool. Uh, that's, that's the 
that's yeah. interesting. Uh, I think there might, there might be some, uh, some sub IMAX framing chat as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yes, there'll be that. Uh, there'll be the obvious little bits of trailers, uh, news, questions, everything like that. We are a Pod Syndicate podcast. The Pod Syndicate podcast includes Trinity Lake, the Hunter, the Rewatch Project, his film, her movie, uh, Entertainment Landfill, and all other manners of, uh, of film podcasts that you, can, that you can check out and other bits and bats. Uh, also, if you want to hear a little bit more of us, if you want to hear us chat things like Twilight or Hellraiser or Good Movies, uh, mm. occasionally, mm. then uh, you can subscribe to our Patreon, uh, which I believe is uh, two or three dollars a month. I can never remember, so I'm going to say it's one of those. Uh, it's two dollars a month. Two dollars a month. Uh, and yeah, you can you can subscribe to that and, and get extra us. Uh, and plus, you also have a hand in picking uh, things that we've that we've watched that we'll watch uh, as well. Um, so yeah, so there's, there's there's bits, there's bits, there's, there's definitely bits there. Uh, Ian, what's been happening in the wonderful world of film uh, this this week? So there's a, a, a couple of um, things, like literally today, that I thought were quite interesting. Um, so Jonah Hill is going to be playing Jerry Garcia in a Grateful Dead pit biopic to be directed by Scorsese. Wow. All right. That's fucking interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> being uh, written by Scott Alexander and Larry Karaszewski of, uh, I think, Man in the Moon, The People versus Larry Flint, uh, Dolomite is my name. So, you know... Strong credentials there, um, and apparently the band and the group management, um, the group's management, are like in with it. And Apple has—it's uh, for Apple, by the way—and um, they have the rights to use all the music and whatnot. So um, that's going to be interesting. They still tour um, it, 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 it with um, now, but not under Grateful Dead. They tour under Dead and Company. Um, and yeah, to, it, it's it's members of um, of Grateful Dead uh, and John Mayer. <laughs> wow, yeah, I mean that's well, that's a hell of a thing. Um, they're, they're actually on tour at the moment. Uh, they tour oh, really? A lot. Yeah, they've been they they, 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 they tour an awful lot. Um, to be honest, it's it's one of those weird little little things that kind of like it, yeah, they, they they play just um, Grateful Dead <laughs> stuff. But with John Mayer on guitar, man, wow! Um, fair play, fair play. Um, oh, yeah, we'll watch. Um, you know, so Scorsese's got Killers of the Flower Moon, which I think will probably be an award season contender this time next year. Um, and uh, yeah, then it, and he'll be moving on to this. So fair play. He'll probably get all the money in the world for it again. And uh, yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. That's it. It's. Um, I think with him recently, um, where he was basically one of those little, like little snapshot interview things uh, that they do. So I think it's like a red carpet interview, um, and they they asked him, you know, if uh, if Cliffhanger would be his last movie, and his response was, "I really hope not." <laughs> and just started laughing. <laughs> um, I was like, you know. I, the thing is, I've I've got four or five things set up that hopefully I can go finish this, start the next one, finish this, start the next one, finish this, start the next one, and hopefully I've got another two, three in me. Nice. 
Oh, God, I hope so. Yeah. That's, Just... Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you also look at somebody like um, Ridley Scott, who will have had two movies out this year. I know part of that is, is, is sort of like pandemic-related, but even so, that, it doesn't slow down Ridley Scott. No, no, quite. I mean, I literally... It, it feels like Ridley Scott and, Scors- and Martin Scorsese will only be happy if they die while shooting. Yeah, it is. Um, and it's... You've got, kind of got to give credit to because they're, they're still churning out. And I've not seen um, Last Jewel yet, but, you know, Scott has, 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 has... you know He's not... Neither of them are churning out tired numbers. They, they no, quite. Feel, neither feel like... Um, like dinosaurs, like the industry has passed them by. They're, they're not like Gary Marshall, where he ends his career making fucking New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day. I think Mother's Day was like his last film. And it's just like, what, you know, what the fuck? Yeah, it, it, uh, it, it's, it's like you had an idea that was terrible and then kept running with it. Mm, mm. He basically ran out of holidays. Yeah, no, exactly. It, like he ran out, he realised he ran out of holidays, and was like, "Right, my life's purpose is done." Yeah. Um, let, 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 let's hope he doesn't come to the UK sometime in February and go, "What the fuck is Pancake Day?" I mean, I mean if he does, he'd be coming back as a zombie. So um, I, I yeah, hope not for fun, yeah. a variety of reasons. Um, <laughs> I mean, now I'm actually more intrigued to watch that movie. What a zombie Pancake Day directed yeah. by Zombie Gary Marshall? Oh hell yeah, yeah. that'd be something. Um, so in, in, in something that I just picked up here that I, it kind of sounds like Mark Nip to me uh, there's going to be a remake of The Most Dangerous Game which is straight up being made for like director streaming mm. have a bang at this cast Go on, Tom Berenger yeah. Judd Nelson Ooh. Casper Van Dien <laughs> and Bruce Dern that's a fucking cast isn't it right in all honesty, unless Bruce Dern is like somehow playing the big bad, he's not going to be one of the most dangerous games, surely. Uh, it, it, unless he's literally doing it, some sat behind a chair. No, yeah, I can't envision it. Um, but that that will be a fun eighty-eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, straight up. Um, I, I just it, it was a quick bit, you know, but I just that is a cast and. A film premise which just screams Mark to me. Oh, so, yes. um, yeah, I just thought that was funny. What one thing I did want to touch on, right? So this 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 piece came out where um, the writer of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is um, suing uh, the producer Graham King. Have you have you have you seen this? Yeah. Right. So he's filed a breach of contract. Um, so I'm just going to read what Deadline says. The $55 million budget film grossed $911 million worldwide, and yet, according to accounting statements issued by 20th Century Fox, Bohemian Rhapsody is in the red to the tune of $51 million. Yeah. Right, and uh, basically McCartan's saying that he made a deal directly with Graham King to receive 5% of GK Films' take, his production company's take. But, so, whatever, fine, fair play, Anthony McCarson, good luck to you. Cost $55 million, grossed nearly a billion, and has lost money. Yeah, it, 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 it kind of feels like there's been some really creative accounting there. <laughs> like, 
what 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 is it? I mean, I I think it's kind of crazy that a film cost fifty five million dollars, where like you know you basically had a, a director who was essentially MIA, and apparently the film was being directed by the cinematographer until Dexter Fletcher came aboard. Um, but the fact that it only came in at fifty five million, I mean, okay, the cast weren't going to be commanding great salaries and whatnot, but that still feels relatively cheap. But it's like where what dodgy. Well, we paid this, but we also had to pay that within 20th Century Fox was going on there, where it was like they borrowed X amount from one arm of 20th Century Fox and then had to pay back the other arm of 20th Century Fox or shit like that. Like, how does that happen? Wouldn't surprise you if uh, fucking Brian May and Roger Taylor charged $250 million retrospectively for use of their image. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, you you wonder whether it is something like points on the gross were just distributed all over the fucking place, and like I, you know, like Queen just made out like fucking bandits, and uh, uh, away we go. It, it, it's I. Apparently, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix was like similar, where that film never made money, despite the fact it was a fucking Harry Potter film. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 I don't know; it's fascinating. I'd love a deep dive on this, and I'm sure there's like NDAs all over the place, and this shit just isn't allowed. But some like, what was the balance sheet? That that was it. Uh, I, I remember um, Duncan Jones commenting um, on. Um, World of Warcraft um, th- when that movie came out um, and, and was sort of saying with people saying, you know we'll, we'll never get another one because it, 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 it lost money um, and he, his response was actually that's not true it didn't lose money it made money uh, it's just the studio don't want to give people the money that they owe them so they claim that it lost money yeah um, and, and when somebody sort of said wouldn't that, you know, aren't you in trouble now uh, if you say that? And he was like, well, no, because they need to prove that what I've said is not true. And they said, well, yeah, the person they responded saying, yes, but if you can prove that it isn't true, then you can, you know, you can get the money. And his response was, I don't have the time or the patience for it. I yeah. don't care that much. Which seems a little bit like it's, it's Duncan Jones going, look, how bad would it be for me to chase my points when I I don't need that money? No, quite. I mean, Duncan Jones is an interesting guy. Like, an interesting guy. But it doesn't fit... It feels like he is self-aware enough to go... Fuck it! I'm I'm David Bowie's son. I'm doing all right. Yeah. Like you know, if I like if if the below the line people who really needed the money were asking me to help, I'm, I'm sure I would. But they're not, so I'm gonna leave it. Yeah. Um. And also, I mean, like, that, yeah. to, to to be fair, he basically had a blank check with mute, and I know that wasn't universal, and I know it wasn't anything to do with Warcraft, but I think he burned a lot of money on another film anyway, so. You know, hey. I think he's very much one to, to walk away from it and go, do you know what? I mean, I just don't need the hassle. Yeah, yeah, straight up, straight up. Um, 
yeah yeah so i i, I think those were like the the kind of the big things that were um that uh kind of i i, I came across this week um i believe um I don't know. I mean, I, I, I suppose we've had a big week for trailers, actually, haven't we? That's been a big week for trailers. I, I got an email from Sylvester Stallone today. What? It wasn't actually from Sylvester Stallone. It right. It was from Sylvester Stallone via a uh, the company an experience with uh, that he does bits with and various other Swatchner does bits with, bits with them and you yep. know, various people do these things. Hmm. Uh, but I think as I am uh, signed up to numerous Sylvester Stallone fucking things. <laughs> I got sent this, right? So what it is, <laughs> is um, it's an experience with, but you don't go there. It's just before Christmas, um, and it is a, a, a limited, and essentially it's an hour's um, Zoom call. Um, okay, okay. Where uh, I, I think you get to ask him a couple of questions, and you also get a poster that he will literally sign for you, um, in front of you uh, to show you it is and put whatever whatever reasonably obviously I'm guessing uh, you want um, uh, on there and the, the, you know the, the, the posters are, are proper um, you know they're, they're proper decent posters and there's so many of them they range mm. from pretty much all of his movies and several different ones on there plus like production stills and bits like that so it's it's really quite cool right mm. uh, yeah so have a guess how much it costs though $250. No, it's quite a bit more. What? How much? It's £650. So, like, $2. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it, it, yeah, it, it'll be, yeah, it's about $800 or something like that. That's just not right. It's a little bit, like... Really? <laughs> you know. But the thing is, um, like, there's like three separate dates, like two days he's doing, and like three separate dates within it. And pretty much all of this space have sold out already. I mean, that's, you know, you, you, there will be people who have the disposable income. Hmm. You know, and it's like the, the value of something is what you will pay for it. It, it, it is, yeah, and and, if, and you know, do you know what? If if I had the disposable income, I would probably look at it and go, do you know what? It's six hundred and fifty quid, but I get a poster and I get to talk, I get to chat to Sylvester Stallone for literally a minute. I'm fine with that. I can kind of, I can take that. I can take that hit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I paid for the the first blood poster that I've got that you can now get terrible repos of, by the way, on on the eBay. Uh, I mean, they're probably really good repos, but it's just—it's a little bit weird. I'm looking at it going, that was like 130 quid. <laughs> you can find now for like 15 quid. That, do you know what? That just reminded me of one last story. Miramax is suing Quentin Tarantino because he's trying to sell Pulp Fiction NFTs. I'm kind of a little bit... <laughs> On Miramax's side on that one. So am I. Yeah, just because it's a little bit like, hey, fuck you, you're NFTs, fucking uh, Quinton. Um, and, and B, it's like, well, they will probably own the rights to that. It's lit. Yeah, I mean, 
Yes, this is the thing. And to be clear, I mean, like the the Weinstein's have nothing to do with Miramax anymore. No, so it, it, it's not I. I agree with the Weinsteins, but, but it, it's if, if they did, it would be. I hope everybody loses. Well, yeah, quite, quite. Um, um, so Miramax's attorney says NFTs don't fall under Tarantino's reserved rights for the film. Miramax accuses him of violating the company's copyright and trademark, and it's like, yeah. So Tarantino's NFT collection is supposed to include blockchain tokens associated with high resolution scans from his original handwritten screenplay of pulp fiction which to be fair is probably the property of miramax like it will be copyright that the the production company and then miramax buy the rights to that um, but Miramax alleges that Tarantino's limited contractual rights for Pulp Fiction, including interactive games, live performances, and other ancillary media, don't cover NFTs linked with the film screenplay. Among other things, the Miramax objects to Tarantino using Pulp Fiction branding and imagery, saying that it's likely to confuse buyers into thinking the NFTs are official Miramax products. Now, what I would there say there is I don't think anyone buying NFTs that are officially sanctioned by Quentin Tarantino are going to go, hang on a second, you're telling me these aren't official Miramax products? <laughs> um, but at, at the same time, yeah, I that does feel a bit like someone, and I, 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 I'm sure it's not Tarantino himself, it's going to be somebody who said to Tarantino, hey, do you mind, what do you reckon we do this? And you get, you're going to get some money and Tarantino's gone, yeah, sure. It does, the NFT thing is starting to feel a little bit like a grift though, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, like, because <laughs> the thing is there, is that I, 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 this is this cannot be old man yells at cloud what I'm about to say now. But I have actually genuinely kind of looked into trying to find out what the fucking NFT is. And the thing is, every time I have, I've gone, yeah, that's what I thought it was. But what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so what? So if my understanding is correct, and tell me if I'm wrong. So an NFT, it's a file that... If you go through the rigmarole of finding out who it belongs to, the blockchain, because everything is kept in like a public ledger, would go, yes, that digital asset belongs to that person. Yeah. So that, yeah. And then, but, and it gets into the whole kind of like, how much is a digital thing worth? Like it, it would be, you know, people talk about how one of the things about physical media is that the thing is like yours, even though essentially it, it is actually just a almost like a loaning of the thing under specific purposes of it is in this disc, blah, blah, blah. But with this, you know, you could have an NFT of a movie and like the the like the iTunes file would belong to you and you could say right that's my nft that is my thing but at the same time you could li- you could probably find the screenplay of pulp fiction on the net and there you go you have it the thing that you are buying is the fact that it's essentially an nft which would show 
you own this thing that is a Tarantino authorised replica. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's the same as, to, 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 as to me, as people who sponsor a dolphin. <laughs> That's what it is. It's like, sure, yeah. No, I don't. But I, but I got a photo of the dolphin and the dolphin wrote me a letter. And it's like, the, the, <laughs> do, the dolphin wrote you a fucking letter. That could be a photo of any dolphin. That company could have one photo of a dolphin and I'm going to try and buy the NFT for it so they can't fucking send you it. But I can't because it does nothing. It is, it's the sort of thing that somebody who... And there are people out there, I'm not saying all of them are like this, by the way. I'm just saying that the sort of person that buys an NFT will be the sort of person who will then who will say to you, oh no, I don't buy any Apple products because they're all locked. And you go, I don't care. I don't care. I can watch something on here and then I can flick my finger and it will go on my TV and then I can I can open my laptop with my, my watch and all that shit and I'm happy about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, it's The only reason why I would ever buy an NFT is because I was like, right, this thing in five years' time, I am going to be able to flip to some fucking idiot who in their mind is this NFT is worth 10 times more than that person paid for it, and then I'll sell it for 10 times more than I paid for it. It would purely be an investment like with me betting that people are stupid and want to buy this NFT. That's it. That would be my only reason for it. Yeah. Um, trailers. Should we do some trailers? Yes, trailers. Folks, like, if... We've just sounded sounded discombobulated through bits of that. I'm going to try and edit this as best I can, but it, I don't know. It may sound a little bit choppy. My Wi-Fi keeps on going down, and I don't know why, but we're persevering. Trailers here. Yes. So uh, the new Nightmare Alley trailer uh, trailer came out earlier today, um, and it, it, it's the DiCaprio meme. It's uh, you had my curiosity, now you have my attention. Um, First tra- teaser, I was a bit okay. So what the fuck is it then? It, it was it was a bit like, like like you say you were like, all right, I want to be interested in this, and I am, but not because of you. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, this I don't know. It, it, it's kind of it seems to be kind of forming its plot a bit more without actually telling you what it is. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm up for it. What what, what did you think? It's it's a better trailer. It, it, it feels like it feels a more constructed trailer. Like the last one felt a little bit like like it was a bit rushed. It felt it felt like a really generic trailer. Uh, whereas this feels like a trailer for a movie that for the movie that, that deserves this kind of trailer. You know, it felt a little bit more polished, and it felt a little bit more. Um, it, it, it grabbed you a little bit. It didn't just feel like like they were basically going, "Look, people will be fine. Just put anything out." Yeah, yeah, quite. Yeah, I, 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 that's totally fair. Totally fair. Um, so yes, uh, Nightmare Alley. Um, okay, so is is the spider-man one actually a big one for us you know what i mean um obviously we'll talk about it but and uh, you know we'll talk about shang chi later on 
But I don't know. I just I found I I found this trailer just a bit depressing. Really, it's like right, fine. Let's just have a bunch of villains in it because that always works so well. It it just it it feels a little bit like Spider Verse did um, really well. Um, and then what they've done after that is everyone shit themselves trying to go to replicate it. And it's like, well, no, just don't. What you were doing was fine. Um, and so they've almost, with the last one, they've almost painted themselves into a corner. And then their, their way of getting themselves out of the corner is to just throw everything at the fucking wall. And like you say, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't work, and the whole, the whole post, the last Spider-Man. So, the, but but I think, the, and that was like the last of the Phase Four, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, there, it, it, it feels a little bit like everything since then is just a bit scattered and a bit all over the place from something that was so well tuned and controlled for. What a decade! Yeah. So yeah, it, it, yeah. It's a bit. It, it's a bit. I I wish they'd have stopped doing trailers two trailers ago because I was interested then, and now I'm just a little bit like this. Just feels a little bit bloated. It's apparently it's like two hours and fifty minutes long. Which isn't a surprise given the amount of things it looks like it's doing. Um, I j- like who is that bothered about Electro from Amazing Spider Man 2? Nobody, otherwise, there'd have been an Amazing Spider Man 3. Yeah, yeah, quite. It, it's people didn't like these for these villains. That, I mean, God, that was the film that made Sony go, shit, you know what, we do need to team up with Marvel, don't we? And 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 he's back, you know. And it's like, look, I'll be honest. I'm looking forward more to Andrew Garfield in the Spider-Man suit again than I am Tobey Maguire, assuming that stuff actually happens. Because Andrew Garfield, to this day, is like, I really fucking love Spider-Man, and I wish those films were better. Um, and I feel for him. Um, yeah, but- he, he 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 did stuff with Spider-Man outside of the Spider-Man movies that I think a lot of people kind of forget. You know, he he genuinely seemed to enjoy being Spider-Man and you know going to fucking hospitals and seeing sick kids and things like that as Spider-Man and bits like that. You know, when you get someone who who doesn't just do something uh, and then get pissy about it years later. Yeah, yeah, quite. And it's the thing. I mean, it's like Tobey Maguire probably has no fucking attachment to it whatsoever. But he was like, "You'll pay me how much?" Um, it, yeah, it. I have some gambling debts. Well, yeah, quite, quite. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, you know, we'll watch it, and I'm sure in the moment I'll have fun with it. But it, it, it does. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to get hyped about, about them. At this point, for me, I think, mm. and it's like I do enjoy, I do enjoy watching the MCU films, but they don't feel like an event anymore. 
No, they, 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 they feel almost a bit like a chore. Like, like I said, like I said, when we were um, talking about um, uh, Eternals, it's like, you just, it's almost like you're filling in your time card. Yeah, it, it, it does. It, 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 you, you are, I think you said that um, when we, we did Eternals, it, it, it's our contractual obligation yeah. now. Yeah. And yeah, which, which makes no sense. And I really liked the Eternals. You know, so it's not like um, I, I, I should I should fear this because, like I say, I I, I liked it. So yeah. I don't know, it, it's so it, weird. It's just the fact that we went nigh on two years without an MCU film, and that was, or, or was it actually two years? Um, like Far From Home to Black Widow, I think was about two years. And it's it's like, you know, you were it it was exciting to kind of like have those big films back. And I mean like I I remember WandaVision did an excellent job in keeping me centered in January and February. Because you know, like January was like the fucking dark times, wasn't it? Like mm. The, the the whatever joy you got out of Christmas and New Year was done, and then it was just back to okay, we're in lockdown again. And then you you, you had Wonder Vision coming out every Friday, and honestly, right, sitting down with Don and watching that every Friday for like six seven weeks, however long it was, it was it was just great, and it it felt like okay, it's a big MCU thing that we can focus on. Now it's November. And I'm at fucking hell. I'm looking forward to having a break between Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is a little bit like that. I am, I am at the point now where, where I am on the cusp of if, if we're reviewing like Spider-Man or something like that. And I go, I, I'm not sure who that guy was. And then uh, somebody turns around to me and goes, Oh, if you watch one division, it'd be like, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm uh, out. I, there's definitely that concern there, you know. I mean, like Hawkeye starts next week, and I'm I'm looking forward to that because it feels Shane Blackie. It's set at Christmas, and a dog is one of the main characters. So you see, you see th- those bits. I might watch that, but me saying I might watch that means I will watch the first episode with Becky, then tell her I'm going to watch the rest of it, and then never watch it. Yeah, 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 and I, I, I don't know. The, the thing is, at least with God, fucking hell, talk about uh, 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 picking your fucking poison. But at least with Spider Man, it feels more like this is just going to link into big screen stuff that Sony wants to do. Yeah, going forward, you know, yeah. like uh, until Morbius comes out and it's shit. <laughs> again. But yeah, and I mean the thing is, right, we've got Morbius in January, but at least it's a bit different. It doesn't feel like an MCU film. No, that that, that that's it. it it's there's some in there, I think. Yeah. It it, 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 it it looks fun. Whereas the last few you know, Black Widow was fun, not very good, but it was fun. Um and then and we'll, we'll get to Shang-Chi. Um but Eternals was quite dry. Uh, <laughs> And then, you know, every, every it's almost like with Spider-Man, everybody's coming out and going, this ain't fun. You're not enjoy this. Mm, I, it's, I will say, as, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, 
it's dark. It, you know, it's like, I don't want, I, I, I don't, great, okay, cool, we're going to two hours, 45 minutes Spider-Man film, it's going to be dark and blah, blah, blah. Even though the thing is, that's Tom Holland saying that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if the darkest thing that Tom Holland ever watched was the uh, a final of Strictly Come Dancing where the person he wanted didn't, didn't win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or, or an episode of, of, of Bake Off where somebody's souffle collapsed and he just went, I can't watch this anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, even though saying that, he was in Cherry. So, yeah, maybe, maybe I should take that back. But I, I, I reckon they told him it was a completely different fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this guy who gets really, who, who just really likes Cherry A. He's like, oh, right. Yeah, and then he, he just goes like all crazy about his Cherry A. He's like, oh, that's not fair enough. Yeah, I'll do it for well, That's great. Oh, man. Um, this is the thing. It's like these four films will have arrived at a cadence about of about one every six weeks, and they're supposed to be events. That is basically like that's getting on for the cadence of having a one to one with your manager. But it's a Marvel film. It's like okay, Marvel. The Marvel films like, how have you been lately? Like, how do you think the last month's gone? Well, yeah, it was all right, actually. Yeah, Eternals was okay, and then I lived my life, and, uh, you know, like, yeah, things have been going all right. Now now we've got Spider-Man, haven't we? Yes, yes, we do. Yes, we do, Ian. Here you go. And then it just starts. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? I don't... I, I feel like Becky is there. She is she not? Uh, she, she has, but she, you've not seen any of the trailers, have you, Becky? I haven't, no. Okay. No worries. I don't know what else there is. I feel like I'm missing one. Oh, Go on. We, 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 you have seen the trailer, Becky. You, fuck it, you fucking liar. Yeah, you uh, fucking liar. The Electric Life of Lewis Wayne. Oh, God. Have you seen this one? Yeah, I'll tell you what. That's out on New Year's Day. You could fucking kiss my ass, licorice pizza all the way. But <laughs> fucking, this just looks like... I want to win some awards. I want to win some BAFTAs. I'm the electrical life of Lewis Wayne and no one's going to think of me in a month. Yeah, it's this year's, um, I can't even remember, David Copperfield. No, but David Copperfield was good. It was good, good. And this this trailer just made me think, oh, do you know what I'm going to watch? That David Copperfield movie. But I absolutely fucking will not be watching this. <laughs> I thought it was alright. Of course you fucking did. I have no interest in watching Benedict Cumberbatch in anything ever again apart from the contractually obligated Marvel movies. Uh, and if, uh, if, if Doctor Strange and Spider-Man are shit, that I'm hard out of the Marvel <laughs> Universe. Eternals angered me so much that I've made that decision. Do you know what I'd like to watch a Benedict Cumberbatch? Do you know what will get me interested in a Benedict Cumberbatch movie? If it's a snuff film. No. If if it's set on present day. If he can do a present day movie, right, and not one that's in the future or one that's in the past, because that's all he can do. If he can do one that is set on present day, then... Well, I think the Marvel movies... Well, they're not. They're in the future now. I, I, I will say, the power of the dog... He's very, very good in. I, I am also quite whatever about Benedict Cumberbatch. Usually, oh, oh okay, sorry, Donna just went, just reacted to that. He's, he's good. He's good in the Power of the Dog. Like he's probably going to get an Oscar nomination and deserves it. Yeah, and the thing is, I, 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 I think Benedict Cumberbatch is a good actor. Uh, 
But it's hard to look at though, isn't it? it, it but it, it's just... Um, it, he just... He, everything he seems to do, it, it, it just seems to be a thing, if that makes sense. Everything everything he does is a thing. Yeah, like... like the, That's a statement. There's never, like... He never picks anything that just seems like it's going to... I don't know... They're always they're always either set in the past. In fact, most of them are. He, he, he just picks period pieces. Yeah. The power of the dog is a period piece. To be fair, yeah, it, it's it's Benedict Cumberbatch has never made a movie that he could wear his own clothes in. <laughs> it's like that. That just reminds me of that shot of Ben Affleck in The Last Duel where it's just like Ben Affleck can't play anybody in the past. He just looks like he knows what a mobile phone is. <laughs> yeah, he does. He looks, <laughs> in The Last Duel, he looks bro-y. Somehow, somehow he managed to make him look bro <laughs> Sorry, I've really tickled. That's such a great fucking tweet. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> but this movie has Nick Cave uh, playing H.G. Wells, so I'm going to watch it. It what? Yeah, there is, there is the Nick Cave. Nick, Nick Cave plays H.G. Wells in this movie. Really? Yes. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, maybe it, I will watch yeah, it then. The thing is, it does also have Toby Jones in it. A man who nobody will admit might be crap. <laughs> But everyone just thinks that he's great. But there's a strong possibility that Toby Jones might be crap. Mm. Honestly, right? I I I didn't love Power of the Dog as much as a lot of people did. You know, I I I did have some reservations with it. But I am fucking looking forward to seeing what you two make of it because it it's not. Or it's not like Nomadland, like or Steer, and like you know. No, it, I, it, I, I am I am very much looking forward to it because I, you know, I'm very much associated champion uh, uh, as a director. Yeah, yeah, quite. Um, oh man, sorry that that's funny. Um, what what else have we got? I think that's that's it. There, there was a Channing Tatum one called Channing Tatum Dog, but then I, I didn't watch it because um, I, I literally would have just been thinking Russell Crowe's dogs all the way through it. <laughs> Yesterday, you arrived after the Queen. I got lost. Oh, how could you get lost? You've lived over the hill for years. It looks different now. Everything looks different. You sure you went late yesterday because you were delayed by someone? Why would you think I got delayed by someone? Oh, come on, come on. They are circling us. Didn't you know? Don't you read? It seems they're circling just me. Not you. Just me. The thing is, Diana, there has to be two of you. You know, there's, there's two of me, there's two of father, two of everyone. There's the real one and the one they take pictures of. You have to be able to make your body do things you hate. That you hate? Yes. For the good of the country. The country? Yes, the people. Because they don't want us to be people. I'm sorry, I thought you... 
let's 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 review a a, a, a let's review a movie that, that we were all intrigued about for for various reasons. Uh, let me get the IMDb uh, up of this movie. Uh, but it is Spencer, um, written by Stephen Knight uh, and directed by Pablo Arrain. Uh, stars Kristen Stewart, Timothy Spall, Jack Farden, Sean Harris, uh, Sally Hawkins, um, and some posh children. Um, it, it sadly was not uh, a, a prequel to uh, Spencer Confidential, uh, which I feel duped about. Um, so, yeah, there is that. Yeah, I could uh, see you being annoyed by that, actually. I was annoyed. Yeah. I, yeah. I was annoyed. I, I was looking at both those kids and going, neither of you are fucking Spencer, you weirdos. Mm. Um, during her Christmas holidays with the Well family at Sandrine Estate in Norfolk, England, Diana Spencer, struggling with mental health problems, You're right, that to end her decade on marriage to Prince Charles. <laughs> oh, what was that noise? Oh, you've got your pig, haven't you? You've got your pig. Does your dog make that kind of noise? There she goes again. No, he didn't, did he? No. 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 Uh, the cat's a prick. <laughs> Oh, look at you sleeping. Nobody talking about him. He looks sad now. He does. He looks like he's plotting something against me for later. I mean, putting a piss on your shoes. Probably. Again, a little prick. Um, Ian. Hi. Um, leave me now. I choose to masturbate. Is that the best line in a film this year? Probably, yeah. The way she delivers it is fantastic. Um, it's glorious, isn't it? It... Um, I will ask you a proper question in a second. Yeah. No, I, I, I think the her kind of couple of scenes with that uh, lady in waiting who's kind of basically forced to be there are pretty fucking great, where there is an edge. And I think it actually kind of surmises a lot of, a lot of the relationships with the other people in the film world, where there's an edge of, I feel sorry for you, but also, fuck me, your hard work. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There was that. Uh, certainly. Um... I can I pull you in before I ask you another question? Because uh, you've not spoken, we've spoken a lot. Um, Spencer, you were like, I think you were closer to me in, than you in, in terms of um, your intrigue towards it. So, was it. Were you expecting uh, a, a more straight up biopic, or were you expecting this more um, lean, art house leanings film? Um, well, I think, given, obviously, the Jackie Kennedy movie wasn't just a straight-up biopic either, was it? So I think there was this, this form in the, this precedent for it not being a straight-up biopic. And really, there's not any material there to work with for it to be a straight-up biopic. So it was always going to be just pure pure fiction. Mm. Um, I didn't expect it to be quite so interestingly weird as it mm. is mm-hmm. um, I found Kristen Stewart's performance where in the first maybe 10 minutes I was like oh fuck I'm gonna fucking hate this but yeah. she settles into it and and maybe as a viewer I settled into getting used to her as that well can I, can I, can I just quickly interject because I was exactly the same mm. uh, and at the first sort of scene you have with her in the cafe, where she's pausing and bits like that, asking questions and saying it, it felt quite 
it felt pantomime yeah, I think you, you said that, that. And I, I completely agree and then once it kicked in more I was like oh no wait it, that is a purposeful actor and director decision to make it pantomime and it, it was part of it mm. which then made me go oh no fine okay sorry I, I, I just had to get to, to fully agree with you there look down look up but don't move your head yeah <laughs> um, yeah I, I it, it, it's a peculiar performance, but I think it's a peculiar performance intentionally in a peculiar film. But uh, it, it, it's a weird one. I, I enjoyed it more once once I chose to kind of view it, just pretend it's a fictional character, because it's very difficult to have sympathy with the poor little. Rich upper class girl that knew what she was fucking marrying the in the day. Literal princess. Yeah, um, who's driving around in a Porsche, etc. So, was she treated badly? Yes. Did she grow up, grow up around these people and should have really known that that was going to be the case? Yes. But if you just view it as the snapshot that it is, which is an entirely fictional account of a bad weekend that led to bad things, then it's an interesting piece. Uh, Ian. Mm. Johnny Greenwood's score. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's um, it's a bit fucking good, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is, right, the score is like someone's trying to play something melodic while Johnny Greenwood makes people sit on a jazz band. <laughs> um, and it... it I mean, it really captured the mood of the piece. Yeah, it works. It works incredibly well. I, 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 I thought it was, it, the score was spectacular. You, you couldn't listen to it outside of the film, I don't think. Um, but it is weird because I can't listen to scores, whereas I know you can outside of the film, whereas I can't. But I think I could with this. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how. I'd like to see you try. Um, gonna, I, I, I might try. I might actually buy the score. Right. If the next time I'm in a car with you, you put that on the fucking radio, I'm not entirely sure I'll be happy. Um, I, will, but, I will keep that in mind. Oh, fuck off. Um, but... It, yeah, no. It's... I, I love the fact that you knew that I was meaning. I wasn't meaning to avoid it. No, I mean, it, 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 like I say, it, it's just a, a, a symptomatic of the, of the film itself, which it, it, I, I, it's not a film I love. Um, it, it won't be anywhere near my like top ten of the year list, but it's one where it's like, okay, Greenwood gets nominated for best score at the Oscars. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Christian Stewart gets nominated for best actress. Yeah, fine. I, I'd like at the moment. I'd find it hard to think of five better performances I've seen this year. You know, cinematography. Yeah, great. It really captures a cold fucking aesthetic of that place w- very well. You know, um, but it just there were enough. I was more interested in it. I'll be honest. I was more interested in it when people weren't talking. Um, yes, that's that. That's yeah. That's I can absolutely get what you're saying there. Yeah. And yeah, and it, like the whole kind of like the, a lot of people have made reference to The Shining, and it's like yeah, it's got that that atmosphere. I think there are a few standout scenes. I I think there are multiple 
really solid scenes, but I think the third act slightly whiffed it for me. But we can, we can, I suppose we can get into that. Yeah, we're all spoilers all the time, but um, there's, I don't think there's that much stuff I get to spoil in this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I can I can see that. I I was a little bit taken back of how entertaining it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, not even, um, and I'm not even being like intriguing or um, gripping or anything like that. I mean, just outright entertaining. Mm. Um and it, it, it was, it was, it was very, very watchable. Um, and similar to what you were saying there, because I, I, I viewed it in a similar way of, of right. Well, this isn't, this isn't an account of what happened. This is taking real life characters and doing a similar thing to what Tarantino did with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, it, it, it's a fictionalization of, of, of an event. There. What is it, they call it a fable based on a true tra- a tragedy at the start, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, it's it's that. I I, I kind of dig that. Um, uh, I, I kind of dig that about it, um, and the fact that it's very it, it it's um, full of the pomposity that is there, but it's very much kind of showing you the ridiculousness of the pomposity. Mm. Um, and it's the a few people have references saying at points it, it, it's quite psychological horrory, um, and I can kind of see an element of that. But I think people have maybe leaned too much into that. I think, like you stated, I don't think it's I don't think it's perfect. But I I had a I had a, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time with it. Um, and I like the fact that, that essentially there are very few good people in it. It's, yeah, yeah, it, it's we... not trying to paint her as the um, the fragile princess and all of the rest of them as the evil overbearers. Mm. You know, she's portrayed as being you know a, a, a bit of a self-indulgent knobhead. Yeah, at yeah. points. But you are going, God, man. Yeah. All right. You, you don't. You don't seem like you'd be that much of a fucking laugh. You seem like the girl who would who would be lock herself in a toilet and cry at a party. Um, but these guys seem like the, like the guys who would go. I'll just leave her there. She's just being a baby. <laughs> I had to be fair. I'd probably do that if someone was crying in the toilet at a party. Well, well, that's because you're a terrible person. Um, but, it depends what they were crying about. It yeah, it, it, was, it was that. But then there was some fun moments within it. There was some fun, fun, fun moments that, that you kind of had with it uh, that I kind of enjoyed. Mm. Where, where I, I think Christmas is, is very, very good in this. It still feels pantomime to me. I think that's an entirely intentional thing. Mm. But then when she can switch between the bits in between, I think it, it works very well. What was what's his face doing with his face the whole way through? The butler man. Timothy Spall? Yeah. I think it's because he's lost so much weight that um, it, it, he's completely his physical stance is completely changed. Yeah. I I thought Spall was interesting. Like the even by the end of the film I didn't really have a handle on what his character was actually 
doing. Like, I think the implication with him putting that book away at the end was, yes, he did put it in her room. But that—that was a touch heavy hand. Yeah. And 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 I. You see, that's the thing. I liked the pearl soup bit. I liked the moments of kind of like the of mania in it. Um, I thought they were really effective. But the third act, where she's in that house. And then she sees Anne Boleyn and then it cuts to her fucking dancing through the rooms um, and running. I got the running. I didn't really know what the dancing was about. And I was a little bit, I get the point. She's going to be free of them. You know, like it was supposed to be kind of a reminding herself that she was happy once and that she could be happy again and blah, 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 blah. And it did, did not work out Didn't well. work out well. Did no. not work no. out well. No. I just, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, if, you, if you're going to show us that she's happy, why is she dancing on her own? I don't know. It just felt a bit weird. It's like, <laughs> what, are we supposed to be, does Diana just go around rooms dancing to herself? I mean, maybe she did, I don't know. But it, it just, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really feeling it. And that, and then, um, I'll be honest, Sally Hawkins' revelation at the end. Yeah. Like, I, I thought it was played well. Yeah. But why but was it there? It, it was a little bit like, yeah. yeah. Like, they, 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 she, Sally Hawkins has like these lingering looks at her. And there's a couple of things that she says like earlier on where it's intimating it, but it's not actually saying it. And it's, I don't, I don't have a problem with the, the, her being in love with Diana and whatnot. It's just like for the, the point where you're at at the story where it's wrapping up, it's like, what, why then? What, what, what is this actually bringing? And it, it would be, the, it, it would be the same if Sean Harris suddenly said he was in love with her. You know what I mean? It'd be like, well, yeah. why? It, it, it was one of those things which, like, we, 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 didn't, we didn't need it. But like you say, it was dealt with really well because it, you had the, you know, the her going, oh, and then the, and then, you know, like, I know you don't feel the same way. She's like, well, yeah, but, you know, it, it, it's fine. And then the, the moment of, I'm thinking how many times I've seen you naked. Yeah, it's great. Laugh. It, it was a really well-played bit, but it's just, I don't see what it added to the story or anything. It just felt a little bit like when Stephen Knight was writing it, he went, and she says she loves her. And it's like, and he's gone, mm, I like that. And nobody's gone, maybe not, mate. Maybe not. Do you think the rest of the cast thought they were in something akin to, like, The Crown? No, I think everybody in the cast was very aware. I think, I think it, it, it's a well-selected but tonally, they don't... They no, don't I, I, I just film. think it's pretty good performances. Okay. I don't think Sean, Sean Harris would ever be in the fucking crown. I don't mean Sean Harris. I mean, like, the rest of the royal family. No, I, I, think, I think they were all particularly picked for people who would never fucking accept to go on the crown. <laughs> They're all people who will turn down an MBE. Um, I, I, can I throw out a weird... I, 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 it's a nitpick. Sure. This is this is a real nitpick, but I think it'd have been more effective and better for the film if the only time 
you heard the Queen speaking in it was as part of the Queen's speech on the TV. Um, I don't know. I, I liked... Uh, but I, I just think that as the as the overbearer, cold matriarch, yeah, it but, would make more sense if you never heard her speak, apart from when she's literally the queen on TV. I don't know. I I, I liked that moment outside. You know where it, 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 you know, and earlier on, you've had that moment where it's like Diana imagining eating the pearls, and she's like looking at the queen, and the queen's looking at her, and whatnot. And I liked that that almost like dispelling of, in, in at least in this film, that the queen doesn't hate Diana. She might nothing her a bit, if anything, but she doesn't hate her, and they like that she's civil enough to her. You know, like it. it I think as close you get to a bad guy in this is, is Timothy Spall and Prince Charles. Like that, that conversation they have in like the billiard room or whatever it was, that was, that was fucking fascinating. Um, and, and, you know, and it, it just the perspective of Charles, Charles just almost being like, look, I know none of this is right, but we have, you know, we have a duty, which Timothy Spall also talks about. I, I yeah, it, it's, it, I, I, I I don't watch The Crown. Donna watches The Crown and she 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 likes it. And I could imagine why, based on this kind of stuff in Spencer, why The Crown would be engaging. The whole, like, having to fulfil a role and your life basically being subjugated by that role. is a, And then Diana coming in as an outsider. That shit's fucking fascinating. Um, I kind of... I almost wish there was a little bit more of that in this, but... It is a lot of Diana by herself or or with her kids, and again, I understand why. I'm, I'm, you know, but I'm critiquing it for the film. It's not rather than the film it is, and I think the film it is, like you guys have said, is a lot more interesting, a lot more entertaining than you would really expect it to be. Um, it's, it, I, I, I think it's a bit of a success, but at the same time, it's not a five star banger film of the year for me. Um. I, but I think it's fucking fascinating that this film it has got a wide release, and we we know why. But people seeing this, I don't know, it's going to open them them up to a type of cinema that they don't watch an awful a lot of people don't watch an awful lot, and that that that's a good thing. Yeah, our screening was pretty busy actually. Yeah, it's it? pretty busy. Yeah, and the, the people seem to be reacting to it in a positive light. Yeah. Mm. Um, also, as well, I just realised it was. Um, it's Claire uh, Mathen in it, who uh, was the DLP on it, uh, who shot uh, Portrait of Lady on Fire. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it kind of does make sense, doesn't it? Because it's a good-looking movie. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely not shit. Um, and, you know, I, I, like you, Ian, I don't think it's going to be on my top ten, but surprises, for sure, it could, it'll, it'll, it'll tickle that list. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, and the thing is, I will watch this again. Like quite happily, I will watch this again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would, if the occasion calls for it. Like if if we do a Pablo Lorraine marathon on the Patreon one day. Yeah, <laughs> on the various looking Princess Diana biopics. <laughs> um, yeah, def- definitely not shit. Yeah, uh, what are you, Bex? I think I'm maybe a bit more Geo Storm. Oh, okay. that's fair enough. Just the the of it could have really kind of 
derailed it, but they lent into it so hard that I think it worked by the end. I can see a geostorm for this in a weird way. Mm. I can see a geostorm for this. Yeah. Um, Audience poll? Audience poll, that's what I was looking at. I literally had it open yeah. uh, and now I've closed it. it. Yeah, I was filling that. Well done. Uh, definitely not shit, 71%. Wow. Yeah, go. Shit, 14%. And geostorm, 15%, Rebecca. Um, hey Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh, yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you can sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a, a franchise. beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and, I don't know, Smallville. <laughs> Farscape. Quantum Leap. To giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation or... Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree... There's a lot to be said for that. You can't beat a good rewatch. So, with that in mind, join... Anna. And Mike from Chinstroke vs. Panzer as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for The Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be, or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Put, putting four or five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, the Dark Knight has got like, all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, I was like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film, Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking for something specific or just browsing? You look awful. Hmm. You know, there was an easier way in, but I doubt very much that you could have managed it. Now that I have two out of the three eggs, I'll give you one last chance to take me up on my offer. 
Well, here's my counteroffer. Mm-hmm. You're under arrest. Oh, my God. Read the room. I told you, this would end with you in handcuffs. You're so embarrassing. He's so embarrassing. Tell you what, Agent Hartley. You want to arrest me? Come. Arrest me. I just want the egg. Red Notice is directed by Matt, whose last name might be Thunder. Um, it's also written by the same man and a algorithm. Um, Thunder Rawson Marshall. Yep, that's the bastard. Yep. Um, <coughs> it stars um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's autopilot, Ryan Reynolds' autopilot. Uh, the artist formerly known as Gal Gadot. Um, and a bunch of randoms uh, and Ed Sheeran uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the IMDB an Interpol a- uh, sorry an Interpol agent tracks the world's most wanted art thief I mean there is another one but that is genuinely one of the plot things on IMDB <laughs> the next one is when an Interpol issued red notice the highest level warrant to hunt and capture the world's most wanted goes out the FBI I mean that doesn't actually go out at the start but carry on the FBI's top profiler John Hartley is on the case his global pursuit finds him smack dab in the middle of a daring heist where he is forced to partner with the world's greatest art thief Nolan Booth in order to catch the world's most wanted art thief the Bishop the high-flying adventure that ensues takes the trio around the world, across the dance floor, trapped in a secluded prison, into the jungle, and worst of all for them, constantly in each other's company. A few things before we get into that <laughs> is, is, A, that's not really the plot of the movie, for a start off. Uh, and secondly, uh, I'm going to come to you on this one, Becky. Um, Red Notice. Um, I have a theory that you will despise this movie and you will just be outright bored by it unless you are either not quite done with Dwayne Rock Johnson's shtick yet Mm. uh, or not quite done with Ryan Reynolds' shtick yet. Are you done with either of those shticks? And did you get anything out of it? No, it's uh, other than uh, a deep sense of... I, I'm i not done with Ryan Reynolds' shit yet. I just think he needs to take a little bit of a break. Which he is doing. I am very much done with Dwayne The Rock Johnson's shit. And he needs to just go away. Um, I've never been a fan of Gal Gadot's shtick, so... Ryan Reynolds had a lot of heavy lifting to do with this movie. Um, a lot of carrying on his shoulders. So, yeah, I, I did get something out of it, actually. I, I, it, it's fun enough. It's not great, but it's fine. It'd be a Sunday afternoon movie if I had to categorise it. So, are we talking about like a general Sunday afternoon or a... I'm too hungover to pay attention to anything and I'm just eating a big meal. I, I can't fall asleep, but this is as close as I can get to it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Ian, mm. can we all forget about Gal Gadot now? I mean, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because... <laughs> She's a very she... good example of how problematic as fuck you can be if you're really hot. 
Yeah, well, there is that. Can I put something else? Oh, go on, you don't think she's hot. Right. She aesthetically is is what you would consider to be hot. With zero sexual chemistry whatsoever. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah. The the, the thing is, Ian sent us an image of something that reminded me of The Rock in this movie. And I couldn't get that image out of my head throughout the entire movie. It's inaccurate. Because it is perfect. Yeah, yeah, just just for that image, folks. The Rock is playing a Sontaran from Doctor Who in this film. Is that what it was? I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. Um, But... Perfect. The dance that they have, the highly sexual dance that they have, as you are watching it, you're going, this isn't sexy. No. This is, it's borderline brother and sister dancing, it's not sexy. (laughs) Neither of them has any sort of sex appeal. They are both very sexless people. (laughs) The thing is, right, with Hobson Shaw... I wanted to see The Rock and Vanessa Kirby go at it because it's just like I want to see what that looks like more from a like a, a anthropological point of view. <laughs> but do you yeah. not just hope for more for Vanessa Kirby? Like Vanessa Kirby deserves better than that. Uh, yeah, I mean Kendall at this point. Yeah, I mean Vanessa Kirby got nominated for an Oscar like last year. She's she's fine, you know. No, and- no, I, don't, I mean man wise. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, like, Vanessa Kirby deserves everything Vanessa Kirby wants. Um, she can destroy, I'm sure, any cock across the, the land. Um, or any willing cock. Um, you know, if it's a cock that's not willing, then I don't want her to destroy it because I don't want her to get in trouble because I like Vanessa Kirby. That got weird. Um, but I think, it, it's... I think even if the brain was unwilling, the cock would be willing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I... Right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um, Vanessa Kirby is very attractive. Um, so it's put me off a little bit, actually. Um, <laughs> the thing, right, yeah. So Gal Gadot, like you say, Mark, it, it. She is a woman who got the right role at the right time, you know, and just seems to be skating off of that, and. The, 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 the thing is, this film as a whole, to be fair, they were going to do a globe trot, trotting shooting schedule. They shot all their soundstage stuff and then COVID happened. Yeah. So they basically had to shoot fucking everything in Atlanta, Georgia, where only the best films are shot. And the thing is, you can tell, because... Uh, 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 and this... My comment I'm going to make now will come up later as well. But... It, CG is getting worse. Somehow. Mm. It's like we peaked a couple of years ago, and now it's just getting shitter. It, the, the, the thing is... It really lost production value because none of it looks like it's fucking shot anywhere. It it all just looks really, really, really stagey. Um, And that's sad. You know, this film cost like $200 million. I mean, to be fair, that cast probably were like a third of that. 
if yeah. if not more. Um, and because it's a Netflix film, they're all going to get more up front because they're not going to get points. So, you know, it's, they're, they're going to get an absolute shitload for this. Um, but then, even if you had the production value, it's such a weirdly low stakes, minimum viable product piece of filmmaking, which also doesn't have anything odd enough. Like, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, yeah. that film is fucking bananas. Yeah. Like so, it's literally the same ending. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty well. I mean, it it would be great if it was literally the same ending. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, so spoilers for the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard for those who haven't seen it, but recommended. That film ends with Salma Hayek and Samuel L. Jackson, um, adopting Ryan Reynolds, and he signs the papers thinking there's something else. Yeah, and, and, and Samuel Jackson doesn't know either. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. And it's there, there, there is enough bananas stuff in that. that Your original question to Becky about Ryan Reynolds' shtick, I'm not done with it, but I'm done with it when it's used as boringly as it is in Red Notice. Um, Literally, the thing in the trailer where he, he comments on The Rock's clothes and says that's a statement piece... It's probably the best moment Ryan Reynolds has in the film. Also, I've just got to get this out there before I forget, right? How fucking dumb do you have to be to present your illegally obtained Cleopatra's eggs to your daughter as a wedding gift at a very, very lavish wedding with Ed Sheeran as the musical guest? Like, surely the fact... You, you've got Cleopatra's eggs, which you are not supposed to have, according to this film, should be a secret. It, it, the, the thing is, there's a lot of this movie that kind of, that you go, oh, no, I'm sorry, write better. Um, like the whole, why, like he, he, so he, he's a profiler at the start of it, and he knows the profiler but then he's pretending to be somebody else, but he's not. And then they're, they're like, oh, no, you're not this person. He's like, oh, no, I am. You need to check it. Well, no, we're not going to. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that that, 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 that that is a remarkable bit of, 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 of screenwriting that. Because obviously, like, okay, so the, twi- like the twist in the film, which... I will say I didn't see coming because really? they don't have any chemistry whatsoever. There is no way that you would ever think that Gal Gadot and Dwayne Johnson are romantically linked in this film. There is not a fucking chance. There are no sparks. They have no sexual chemistry with anybody because they are both sexless people. Yeah, I, it's... Everyone needs to just appreciate that about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Nobody's looking at Dwayne The Rock Johnson and going... Yeah, I'd fuck that. They're looking at him going, oh, isn't he big? Oh, look at his shiny head. What, He's what, not a bad-looking chap, but no one wants to fuck him. Why Why is he so big in this? I don't know. He's I mean, like... Than his head. It, it, it is... It's come to the point now where it's just like, that's. I'm actually not that impressed by that. You spent too much time on that. It, you, you, you look at going... 
She just looks painful to exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it uh, like it, 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 it is. Li- to wear clothes, doesn't it? Like they'd, they'd just be chafing. It, it, it looks like to wipe his ass. He'd either have to hire somebody or do math. <laughs> it must be just so. F- it must be such a ball ache to be the Rock. It, 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 yeah, there's an element, and I think, and I think that because it's like there's a you have to. He has to do it all the time because it's it's, it's the thing. It's his thing. You know, it must just get yeah. tiring. You must just go, Kyle, weekend off. No. You can't. He needs to ease up on it because he's starting to look but, fucking I, comical. I, he's starting I, to look like a caricature of himself. He, he looks like a Sonsaren from Doctor yeah, Who, yeah, Becky. Yeah. Weirdly, I read an interview uh, a couple of days ago uh, with Zac Efron. And he was talking about the uh, about fitness and about how he's he's in a much better place with it now. And he's, he still remains very very fit. And he said, but the he said he looks back at the Baywatch thing now, and he's like, I'm glad I did it because it, it was it was nice to prove that I could do it. He said, but he said it was. There's also a part of it that goes, it, it's not <laughs> healthy. He said, people say, are you in the peak of physical fitness? It's like, no, I wasn't. He said, I was, I was shredded to within it, literally an inch of my life to the mm. sense of, I had to drink an exact amount of water. And if I, when I urinated, I had to urinate. And then I had to test my key to see if I had exactly the right amount of water in me. He said, it was madness. Nobody can do this. He said, I did it, but nobody that wasn't getting paid an awful lot of money can do this. And nobody should do it. And it's ridiculous. (laughs) The thing is, though, I feel like even even during, like, Baywatch era Zephron, at least he still looked like a human being. But he's a dude. He, he, he commented and said, he said, he said it, was, he said, it was, it was uncomfortable mm. to do anything. Mm. He, said, he said, he said, everything was uncomfortable. Um, and he made it sound just horrible. <laughs> but yeah, I, I am definitely not done with Ryan Reynolds' shit because I've, I, I, I've always been hard in the can for Ryan Reynolds. Mm. But I, I, if somebody just said to me, like you said there, Bex, he needs to take a break, I would be very much like, yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. You end up with oversaturation and people just get... Because he is quite one, though. I, I love him. I don't I think, love Ryan Reynolds, but I, he is quite one, though. I don't think he's one... I, I don't think he is one, though. I think at the moment he's playing that one note a lot because... That he, one note makes him money. It makes him money, but also as well, he spent an awful long time getting to around the peripherals of being A-list. Hey, do you remember that one time he did a serious movie? He's done quite a few, but nobody watched them apart from me. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I but yeah, it's not very good. Red Notice. It's a bit. It's really boring. It's you know, really boring. Yeah, sorry. It, if, if, if you're contemplating watching Red Notice, don't. Just watch The Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife because it's a better film. By a long way. And it's it's got a very similar ending. 
<laughs> like, to the point where Ryan Reynolds must have been reading it and going, this is really familiar. I'm on a boat with the couple. Oh, yeah, it. Mm. It's not like you said it in there. It's not high stakes. It's not particularly adventurous or adventury. And and, and and by the end of it, why would you actually want to follow any of them? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's that. It is. It, it, it's a. It's it's a sort of sequel that you, that that will not get made unless they offer. I think Reynolds an awful lot of money. Yeah. Because I, I, I think that The Rock would do it. I think Gal Gadot will need to do it. Uh, but I think Reynolds would be a bit like, don't worry, I want to. <laughs> and and it's, it's interesting because I noticed at the credits that start, Ryan Reynolds didn't produce this. Dwayne Johnson did, but Ren, Reynolds and Gadot didn't. And it's, you know... They've, 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 or Netflix have already said it's like their biggest opening weekend of all time and whatnot. But it's like, I, I don't know, like, where do they get the fucking money? Like, it, it, you know, that's obviously a whole thing. But you've basically spent two hundred million dollars on a film which you can parrot your own stats about how popular it is, but like, no one's talking about it. The weird thing there is, though, is people are talking about it. It's the only. It's the only movie. There's been two movies that I've heard spoken about in the office at work. Uh, okay, fair enough. I take it uh, back. Go on. Those two movies. Since I started it six weeks ago, those two movies are Bond and this. Okay, fair enough. I... So there is there is an element of of, of of that. There's a market for it. It's it's popcorny fun to people that don't watch as many movies as we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. As many movies as us do, maybe aren't sick of the Rock. No. Maybe don't know that Gal Gadot is problematic as fuck because they probably don't care. Care, yeah. It's probably not filtered down. That's not a criticism of the people who don't care. That's fine. No, it's not. But it's like if you're on film Twitter and it's like. Everything is everywhere, straight away. Yeah. If you're not, and you're just like a normal, you're probably fine with red notice. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's kind of what Netflix is there for. It is to an extent, but I am getting to the point now where I'm a bit like... It, it, the thing is, we, we have, I think we, we've been quite favourable to Netflix over the years. Mm. However, it's probably the... Th- Third or fourth streaming service I go to now. Yeah, is what I would say. It's not my first part of call. And it's probably not my second, and it might not even be my third. But I won't get rid of it. But Red Notice is boring. Yeah, it is. It, it's shit. I think it's it just it's lazy and it's uninspired, and there's fuck all to recommend about it and like like i say if it if it if it was just a bit more odd i i I, you know i i think i could have had something there like free guy has got some just weird bits in it you know like the the whole aspect of jody coma kind of falling for him in that world and just that that whole conceptual thing at least it's something you know like free guy i really like it i it will be in one of my lists at the end of the year. 
Yeah, Fr- Free Guy is great because it's part of that that of the little trend of medium where it's like maybe things are allowed to be nice. The nice core, yeah, 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 totally. Maybe, maybe, maybe not everything has to have a hammer blow in it. Mm. Um, and, and Red Nose does have a hammer blow in it, 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 but it has a hammer blow board. It's boring. And yep. Wrap up points. Yep. Definitely shit. Yeah, I'm shit on it. You shit. See, I'm, I'm not. You definitely not shit. No, it's touching cloth. You touching cloth, but it's not. It's not definitely shit. I think Ryan Reynolds offers enough in it to make it entertaining enough to be watchable. So I can't say that it's shit. I guarantee you, an hour and a half of Ryan Reynolds uh, outcut ad libs is more entertaining than that movie. I, I, I don't doubt it. Uh, our audience poll definitely not shit. Twenty three percent touching cloth. Fifteen percent shit. Forty six percent. A Geostorm, 16%. So, a, a weighted mixed bag. Yeah. 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 You'd get a few more teasers, probably a minstrel, and then just a fucking load of fucking shit. Nice. So, rebels to most people then, because yes. normal people don't like the coffee and orange ones. Do they? I, but I like those ones. I, I like that. Yeah. But I'd be lying myself. I'd be a shit eater. Uh, Ian, what have you been watching? You'd be a shit eater. Yeah, just say that if they were the metaphorical shits, then, then I, I, I like the coffee and the orange. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, a few things for me this week. Um, as you guys had done uh, pretty recently, I rewatched Escape from LA. Oh, nice. Um, so, the drum track at the start of Escape from LA may be one of the greatest things that has ever happened, ever. <laughs> It is fucking going off. And it rules. Um, I, yeah, Escape from LA, it's great. I mean, it's, you know, it it just, it's bonkers. Um, And just very, very silly, knows what it is. Love the fact that instead of I thought you were dead, it's I thought you'd be taller. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Um Bruce Campbell was the Surgeon General of Beverly Hills when he like for his like thirty seconds that he's on screen is incredible. And he, yeah, he steals the fucker, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and yeah, I I like I it's great. It's just this fun like entertainingly nihilistic film, you know. Like, and uh, Carpenter's got that for a lot of his career. But here, it's like you're not you're not supposed to like necessarily feel sad or anything. It's Snake Plissken is sticking his finger up at the world and it's it, like fuck you lot. Let's see what happens now. You know, and, 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 and that's terrific. Um. I mean, like the biggest budget of Carpenter's career, and I, yeah. you know, I, I, I think that shows. I like the, the see, the, the effects haven't aged well, but I, I like that there's ambition. But the thing is, they were. This was like a big deal movie when it came. Mm. Out. Mm. It, 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 it was an effects laden movie, um, and it's mad that he's literally only made like a couple since. Well, this is it because like. So the uh, Blank Check podcast have been doing Carpenter, um, and uh, it, it, it's been going since 
literally the first episode was the Sunday that uh, we were in Manchester and like you dropped me off at the train station and I stuck on the first episode. It was published that day. So that was like early August. So that up to this point, Escape from LA covers about 20 years. Yep. And then the next 25 years are covered in three films. Yeah. So it's taken, it's taken like three, three and a half months to cover 20 years of Carpenter's filmography. And the next 25 years of his filmography is going to be done in less than a month. Yeah. Cause there's only three movies. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it, it's, it's crazy. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's such a shame. But I mean, you know, I, Carpenter seems to be, seems to be happy enough. You know, it, it, it's not like he's gone quietly into retirement. The dude tours with his son and his mates and plays Borderlands and Assassin's Creed. That's the guy's life now and good on him. Yeah. He made 17 movies in the space of just, like, ones that he directed. He made 17 movies in 22 years. Um, and then in the 25 years since, has made three. That's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, you'd love it if you had one more in him, but even he says he just can't Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, do you know what? Fine. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and the thing is, it's not like... Shudder probably wouldn't have the money to give him the budget he'd want, and Netflix and Amazon just wouldn't give him the money. Yeah, they just, they, yeah, they don't. They, they, it, it's it's odd that it, he doesn't he doesn't register to anybody apart from people like us who he is a god to. <laughs> yeah, quite. I mean, I. I am sad that the only Carpenter film I've seen at the cinema in its first run is The Ward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw Ghost of Mars uh, and I've seen a few others in the cinema. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I say, me and Bex are literally sat with a, a They Live poster behind us and a uh, Big Little China poster behind us. And, uh, yeah, when we'll... I was thinking of more to get earlier, I was like, oh, do you know what? We watched... We watched... Spoiler alert for our what we've been watching, The Thing. Um, that's a really good poster, actually. And we could get that Escape from New York one and the Dirty Dancing one. Wait, hang on a second. No, that's two more fucking carpet. Uh, yeah, and uh, we've also got a carpet one in the kitchen as well, haven't we? Because we've got a Halloween one in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so I also did a first-time watch of something. I don't know, might be a surprise if it was a first-time watch. Uh, Desperado. No, that's the thing. I Robert, sorry, you don't need to. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, so actually, and before we continue, the result of next week's patrons' choice, because you mentioned they live, is they live. Yay! Woohoo! Sorry, Mark, you got no votes. Oh, I mean. I deserve that after last time. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, cool. All right, we'll talk. They live next week. Nice one. Um, so, uh, yeah, Desperado. It's interesting, this, because it's like, like with From Dust Till Dawn, it feels like a film of two halves. Like, the, the, the first half, like, basically, the 
Steve Buscemi heavy half yeah. is quite talky, feels very Tarantino-y. Um, the joke that Tarantino tells about the bet that the guy makes pissing in the bar is fucking incredible. Um, and then the second half, it's just, yeah, all right, we got a budget. Let's blow some shit up. <laughs> um, and you know, and you got Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek having some fucking great chemistry. Yes. Um, now those two people look like they have had sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, those, those, those yeah, those two look like they'd fuck each other in real life. It's great. Um, I really enjoyed it, actually. Uh, I thought it was really impressive. It's, you know, uh, a low-budget film that kind of makes its mark through just having some really great dialogue. Um the reveal that oh actually this the bad guy spoiler alert the bad guy is his brother is a bit uh fucking all right then but aside from that i thought it was a the cracking hour and a half it gets in it gets out you have some laughs there's some good action like solid solidly staged action and it gets the fuck out of dodge yeah i, I really enjoyed it yeah, I, I've not seen this brother in, in, in quite a while, uh, but it was, it was one we used to watch quite a lot, wasn't it? Mm. It, it, it was one of those ones where we had uh, we had on, like heavy VHS rotation, I think, didn't we? Back in the day, yeah. Back in the VHS days, uh, yeah. I, I think that rewatch actually fairly yeah. soon, actually, yeah, because I remember really enjoying it, but I think I, I'd always worried that it would like really not hold up. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought it worked well. And uh, last one for me, because uh, we'll talk Shang-Chi later, but um, Disney Plus Day brought us Home Sweet Home Alone. <laughs> See, I'm looking forward to this, uh, because of course I am. Uh, but I, I, can't, I can't do it until December. Fair enough, yeah. Um, so, this one. The trailer basically makes it seem like it's going to be a remake of Home Alone, but then, but Rob Delaney and Ellie Kemper are the robbers. What? Um. So with this, it's interesting. I don't know how, like, because I don't know whether the, the the reaction. No, I don't. Well, so basically, right at the start, the lad from Jojo Rabbit who's not the main lad from Jojo Rabbit, is with his mum at a kind of like an open house. And he has a little run-in with Rob Delaney, who is selling the house. Um, And Rob Delaney thinks that he has stolen... Well, it's... And it, 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 well, no, I mean, like, the, the kid, it looks like the, the kid has stolen... Um, a doll, which they it, Rob Delaney has discovered is worth a shitload of money and would actually get his family out of some severe financial difficulties. Like, they're having to sell the home because they basically can't afford the home anymore. And so Rob Delaney and Ellie Kemper are trying to break into the house to get this doll that, they, that the kids stole. So... Through the film, 
all I'm thinking is these people are nice people put into a bad situation and I don't really want to see them be hurt. (laughs) But it's a Home Alone film. So it you are watching quite a lot of violence be put their way not uh, nearly as brutal violence as Harry and Marv in Home Alone I think basically because of the situation the, these these two are in um but it is just like that just feels a bit mean but I It is not a straight rehash of Home Alone, which is great. Um, I I mean, I I think I may artificially in my head add a point for Ellie Kemper because she's fucking great. Um, I agree with that. Like, I haven't watched it yet, but yeah, Ellie Kemper's great. Yeah, yeah, and like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix is just a wonderful show. Um, and. Rob Delaney's all right as well, you know, and it's like, I like those two. The kid has got no fucking character development whatsoever. Like, to be fair, he's not the focus of the bloody film. Those two are. Um, It's a really odd bit of work. It's just, it's a weird film. Um, I didn't I, hate I, it. I, I am looking forward to watching it over Christmas. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, like I said, I didn't hate it. That's the thing. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not necessarily going to recommend it, but I. It looked like Satan's shite. So the thing is, it's I. I have a. I have a weird fucking thing for these like, these type of movies. So I. I think I'm going to get on with it really well. <laughs> Surprising no one. Yes. That's um. It. Yeah, yeah, but no, yeah, I thought it it was, yeah, it was fine. It's been getting some really, really bad word. And I, the thing is, I get it, because a lot of people are focused on the main couple don't deserve what is being done to them. And I, I, yeah, I agree. But I like watching them and, you know, things wrap up in the end in a way that's like, okay, that's fine. So, yeah, home sweet, home alone. Not terrible, but for the you know, don't fucking try it again. Come on. <laughs> yeah, don't don't make home sweet home alone again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite. Yeah, um, that's me. Cool, cool. Um, Becky's rattling around the kitchen doing something. I don't quite know what she's doing at the moment. Rebecca. Yeah, do what you've been I mean, I haven't. I've been watching the same things as you have. What are you doing? I have watched uh, oh only one actually I watched The Virgin Suicides I really love The Virgin Suicides I think it's I think it's a it's a good I mean it helps that it's adapted from a really good book but it's a good kind of framing for the frenzy that and the fear that comes from burgeoning female sexuality, which is what it's yeah. going to be. So Fair it's and it's just the kind of the low energy 
of the movie itself. Um, the, you know, it's, it's a movie that ends with, was it four of them at the end? Girls committing suicide. I don't know. But there's no real kind of, there's a run up to it, but it's a low energy run up. It's the fact that they, they basically just get put on lockdown at home and it, it just kind of see it as their only way out of it. It's also a good framework for like viewing how dramatic teenage girls can be. <laughs> Cause like, just give it a couple of years. It'd probably be fine. That's fair. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing I watched on my own. So what else have we watched? Um, with the exception of Shang-Chi. Yes. Uh, so we also watched Dirty Dancing. Again, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the film I will never watch again. <laughs> yeah, we watched it again. Uh, just because, where, where was it? I think it's because there's been quite a lot of discussion about it recently, aren't there? With with us thinking of getting it as the poster, and then we um, both watched that oh, separately, didn't we? That uh, what's it? Movies that made that's up. the fucker. Yeah, because um, you watched it, and then we watched it dancing, and then I, I watched it. Yeah, it's quite interesting actually. Well, that's quite interesting. Um, weirdly, yeah, it's a weirdly put together show. It's just such a fucking great movie. Yeah, like. like Makes you feel things. Oddly dark. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing. I think, you know, it's it's kind of, it's um, like portrayed and thought of as this this movie about these two guys, these two it's people a, falling in love and it's about dancing and blah, blah. It's about fucking sociopolitical upheaval. Yeah. It, it, it's a fucking, it's a Trojan and, horse for me. Yeah. Suppression of the working classes. Yeah. Um, oh, we also watched The Thing, didn't we? We did watch The Thing. Um, yeah. I really like The Thing. I like the fact it's got such a sombre fucking tone to it. Yeah, do you know what? What scene hit me different this time than it than it has before? The scene where he's doing the recording for If It All Goes Wrong and They're All Dead. Oh, yeah. And it just, it just, it's just so, it just sounds so, like, resigned. It's... I know that the, the whole thing about it is, is the claustrophobia and things like that is a part of it and it's supposed to be, it's the big sort of thing of it. It's the, no one can trust anyone in a place where you can't leave. Mm. Um, and it, it, it's, it's that and it's the whole, you know, it, it's a thing, you know, it's similarly used in alien groups. Yeah. Has yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you run away where you can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's that and I, I just... Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's such a an engaging watch. The thing. Do you all see what scene? I, I always find funny. Just always find it funny, and I always forget about it. Um, the bit where the older chap, David Moffat, mm. where they, they test his blood and it's clean, and they, they they've all just assumed that it's fucking him. He he was the only one that had access to the blood. It, it's bound to be him. We're gonna do you last, and then it's clear, and he's just like he just. Properly, like fucking kicks off in his seat. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's really fucking good, but it's the thing, so of course it's really, really good. Uh, right, well, we're going to do an impromptu review of Shang-Chi now, um, because we all watched it, so why not? Uh, Ian had seen it, we hadn't, um, and we all watched it with the new IMAX framing option. Uh, excuse me, uh, which made me go, fucking hell, a lot of Shang-Chi was in IMAX. Uh, all the fucking thing is. Yeah. Um, so you don't get to see the framing changing because it's looking all in fucking IMAX. <laughs> um, so Chang-Chi, the master of weaponry-based Kung Fu, is forced to confront his past after being drawn into the Ten Rings organisation. I mean, that's a bit TLDR, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Directed yeah. Uh, by a person with three names. Destin Daniel Cretton. I haven't made that name up, have I? No. Nope. Thank you. Um, and it stars... Um, Simu Liu, I believe his name is. Right. Uh, what did you say, Sim Yang? No, I didn't. I definitely said Liu. Yeah, I think it sounds like Liang. Did I? Liang, okay. Uh, Aquafina, who I didn't know... that I, I knew that wasn't her actual name. Uh, I didn't know that it's a play on words of just being awkward. <laughs> I wasn't aware of that. Okay. <laughs> there. Um, and who else is in there? Ben Kings is in there. Um, uh, who else is in there? Benedict Wong's in there. Michelle Yeoh's in there because she's great. Um, yeah, it, it's Shang-Chi. Uh, Ian, what was it like on rewatch? Um... Yeah, no, it was yeah, no, it was good. I I I enjoy Shang Chi. Um, don't think it's perfect. Um, definitely didn't fall on rewatch as much as like Black Widow did. Um, again, like we're talking about with Red Notice, it just doesn't feel like any of it is really shot anywhere real. No. Um, which sucks. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I think Simu Liu is is decent. I think Aquafina is better. Um, Tony Leung is great, and one key thing is how fucking lame his death is. I didn't notice that first time round, but it is fucking lame. You've got this warlord guy who's lived for thousands of years. And basically a big monster just kind of like scoops him up and sucks his soul out. Really? That's 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 that, is it? Yeah. It fucking sucks. Like that's a shit way for him to go out. Yeah, it was him reaping what he'd sown though, wasn't it, I guess. Yeah, it it is that, but at least at least fucking die heroically, try I mean, yes he pushes his son out the way, but I don't know. At least take a fucking swing at the thing. Well isn't that where he gives him the rings though? Yeah, I mean he yeah, he gives him the rings. It's just like He's basically, okay, fine, I've accepted my fate. I fucked up. But it's like, I don't know, just go go out swinging. That's all. Just go out swinging. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I like Shang-Chi. I'm looking forward to seeing what they bring to the future films. And if anything, I'm looking more, more forward to what Benedict Wong brings to the future films after this. Um, and he's barely in the fucker. <laughs> Lex, first watch of Shang Chi. Uh, thoughts? I I really liked it. 
I nice. really, really, really enjoyed it. It's, it's, it, it, it's fun. It does what the Eternals doesn't do, which is remember to be fun. I don't know whether I would have enjoyed it quite so much had we not seen the Eternals and had I not hated it so much. I think I was just ready for a Marvel movie that didn't want make me want to lobotomize myself. So I was I was hard in for this. Like the whole like martial arts kind of stuff is fucking great. Michelle Yeoh is fucking great. There's a dragon, which is very exciting. It's it's just great. I really, really enjoyed it. You're looking at me like you're disgusted. Oh, interesting. I like the fact as well that he didn't need the rings. Like the, the ten rings, was, it was an implot, plot, plot point from his father's point of view. But he doesn't get the rings until like right at the end. He becomes powerful in his own right from going to where his mother was from and like rediscovering his lineage from that point of view. I also quite enjoyed the fact that it, as soon as they go through that thing, it is just like, oh, so you've just decided to make the world of Studio Ghibli come to life then, have you? Even the hole they come through, it's like the hole they come through in Totoro. I was with it. I was enjoying it. Literally up until... um he decided to go and find his sister. That's quite early on, that yeah. That's pretty early on, dude, yeah. Pretty early on, yeah. Pretty early. So you just like the bus fight? The bus fight's great. The bus fight is the best action scene of the film, and it's in the first 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. The bus fight, the bus fight is better, because it, it's not just CGI things thrown at CGI things, which the end of it is. Yeah, I, it's uh, to be fair. I agree. I, I really, really, really like everything up until they arrive at the village, and then it, it doesn't, it doesn't fall off a cliff. But I'm just less, I'm less interested. Why is it two and a quarter hours long? It is long. Why is it two and a quarter hours long? The best bit of the movie is the literal last moment. That was fun. What the, the, the where, where literally they're like, oh, "I'm really tired. Yeah, we should really get back." Oh, <laughs> and then they go to karaoke. Yeah, fucking brilliant. That made me go, "Yeah, I'll watch another." <laughs> but yeah, it, it was yeah, it was too long. You could have caught half an hour of that movie easily. And it, you wouldn't have lost a single fucking thing. All you would have gained was pacing. Um, My- it, it's just the end of it was just CGI things flying around, smashing into things, and loads of fucking colour. Um, and do you know what? I, 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 as I'm saying this, I can feel myself going, do you know what though? Nine-year-old fucking kids will fucking love it. So I've just been a miserable person. Yeah. So you are being a bit of a miserable So it, it, it's for yeah. them. So, yeah, not for me, but, um, yeah. It, I, it, it, it was more Saturday cartoony, uh, which I usually I, I get on with. Uh, but if you were to sit me down and go, you could watch Snake Eyes or Shang-Chi again, I would be fully Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes? Yeah. The new Cage? No. Snake Eyes. I- I don't think I'd go that far. 
but I, I, I get it. I'd, I'd go the closing credits of Snake Eyes over anything in Shang Chi. Yeah, they're yeah, they are. They're great. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm glad it exists. Vernon Wong essentially going to fight clubs uh, in his spare fucking like, time universe thing. Fair enough. Uh, nobody being weirded out by all these monsters was a little bit like, what? <laughs> no, they're living in a post, what is it, what they call it, the blip? Snap. Post blip, post, no, they're not quite the snap. Oh, they call it the blip, don't they? Ian? Yeah, they call it the blip. This, what, I mean, the snap is what happens, but none of them were there to know that it was there was a snap. Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're living in a in a post blip world where like all these fucking superheroes exist. Of course, no one's going to be weirded out by aliens and shit. The post snapper one's just fine. Then. Blip. Idiot. <laughs> I'm into it. Um, yeah, I, I I'm not. I don't think it's shit. But I I I did find myself tiring of it. Quite a lot. Uh, I really uh, yeah. enjoyed the two leads. And Michelle Yeoh's great. And Bennett Wong's great. I just wish the movie that was had them was better. At least it used Michelle Yeoh correctly. Unlike yes. some powder milkshake. Yeah, that, she got to be badass. That's the way that you use Michelle Yeoh. That's a good point. Um, you know, because she is, like you said, she's badass. And she's incredibly capable of these things. Mm. And, it is, and it is fascinating watching her doing these things. Yeah. You know, when she came out, you were like, oh, she's going to fucking do something, she's going to do something. And you were excited about it. Yeah. And then they just had a lot of fucking CGI dragons flying. Oh, fuck off. God, you're a miserable wanker, aren't you? I, I get it. I, I, to be fair, I, I agree. Like, watching CG dragons just fight it out and then Simu Leo do a bunch of shit against the green screen and wave his arms about, it's not that thrilling. It looked but, a little bit like the end of um, oh fucking I got the it's that boy I forgot the name of it. What was the one with Schindler's List? Josh Brolin. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was it called? Oh, Josh Brolin, where they, they literally run out of money sets from a different ending. <laughs> Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. It was a bit hexy at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I had some strong hex vibes. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So that, that was that was, was Shang Chi. No, but yeah, I mean, I'm I, yeah, I'm definitely not shit, and I will. I, I'm I'm way more up for another one of these than like I like Eternals. But if you ask me Eternals two or Shang Chi two and the Legend of the Eleven Rings, I would watch that. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, the, the thing that worries, pardon me, the thing that worries me about these MCU films now is when is the next one that you would actually crack your top 10 MCU films going to come out? When's that going to happen? It feels like we're going to get a lot of free, three and a half star ones now. And it's like they've got to build up so much just cultural goodwill with these characters now like is there ever going to be another character like tony stark where it's like they don't have all the tv series they just have the films every couple of years 
or even one a year with Tony Stark making appearances in other ones. Um, and then build, 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 build up to Endgame. Whereas now, with the like four films a year and TV series basically all over the place, like I worry that the cast of characters is going to be so diluted that you're just never gonna have that. It, it feels like the Captain America and Iron Man characters are going to be one-offs in the MCU because you've just got too many other characters that you can't focus on them enough. Yeah, no, yeah, I think it's spot on right there. It, it, it's you, they're building from like it, it, it's like they're trying to build an extra, a new fucking building from the from literally the middle of a building that already exists, and it's like the mm. foundations just aren't there. So you look at it going. It looks like it could fall really quickly, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm, 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 I'm fast heading towards the I don't care. I, 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 I'm at... I don't care. I'm, I'm more interested in DC at the moment. And that, that, that could change. And maybe I won't be interested in any of them, or maybe I'm just interested in both again. But... I am at that point where it just feels like I'm watching them to watch them and I'm not expecting greatness. You know, Endgame was a moment. Like, that was a pop-cultural moment. I find it hard... Yeah. ...being the highest-grossing movie of all time. Yeah, yeah, it really did. It really did. And... There's just so much of this stuff of this stuff now. I mean, like that future of the MCU thing that they did last week for Disney Plus Day. The amount of fucking Marvel Studios what X that was there. It's I'm looking forward to watching some of this stuff, and maybe I'll, cl- I'll click with it. Maybe I won't with some of them. But there's just so many. How are you going to crystallize it around a central group of characters? It's going to be fucking impossible. Yeah, it, it, it's it, the it, it, there's, a, there's, there's a fast approaching a, a lightning in a bottle kind of vibe to it all, um, and it, it is just a little bit worrying. Um, we do, however, have some questions. Which I'm going to cool. Uh, Black Lanterns, you've got thirty seconds to come up with your hottest clickbait film. Take uh, in order to get to the most clicks. Uh, it can be true or false, but have hard, but it uh, opinion hard. Sorry, say that again. That was, I, I think I might have had a stroke during that. Uh, you've got 30 seconds to come up with your hottest clickbait film take in order to get the most clicks. It can be true or false, but opinion hard. So it's just a film opinion that you have. If you posted it, it would get a lot of clicks. It doesn't even need to be you have. It could just be an opinion that you think will get a lot of clicks. That's a great question. Home Alone, why this beloved movie glorifies child abuse? There we go. I think that's existed. <laughs> I'm sure a few years ago I read that about that. Yeah. Um, Scarlett Johansson's Ghost in the Shell. It's not racist, here's why. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would get a lot. <laughs> and it's it's the 
one time I've ever had random people on Twitter pile on and say, shut the fuck up, is when I tried to basically say, I don't think that Scarlett Johansson in Ghost in the Shell is that much of a problem, considering the whole idea is that they, she had the that she was originally a Japanese woman and they roboticized her into a Western woman because they could use her for infiltration missions more successfully and things like that. That's literally the point of the whole yeah. fucking movie. It's yeah. The shell. Part. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that provide, presents some really interesting ideas within the film itself and... Before the it, yeah, it was that that would that would be my thing. I you know Scarlett Johansson does a lot of silly things and says a lot of silly things, but I could see the merit in that performance there. But if I put that out on Twitter, yeah, people would fucking pile on. So I've got to get the most. It has to be opinion hard. This doesn't. It's like I just say, finally, pictures of Jim Lee Curtis's dick. Wow. You leave that fucking woman alone. I love to really care. I'm just saying that would get a lot of hits. It would, yeah. But it has to be opinion hard. Mm. And I have no strong opinion on Jimmy Curtis's penis. Kevin Spacey, is it about time we gave him another chance? <laughs> I mean, to be clear, that's not something you actually agree with. It's not. It is absolutely not. But yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that would get an awful lot of people going. Absolutely not. <laughs> but yeah, no, we should give it a chance. No, but we should be allowed to feel okay with going back and watching. I don't know. I don't know if we should. I'll leave that up to your opinion. I've got twenty minutes into. I got twenty minutes into Baby Driver a couple of weeks back, and I turned it off because um, that film is not great. Um, but it just Kevin Spacey. It is weird watching him on screen at this point. It's odd. Isn't there? A, I think there's a moment, and I, I think I think it's easy to pinpoint the moment um, where. You can start to see him being a little bit... Well, you can start to go, no, I can imagine this now. Whereas I think there was a part of his early career where you didn't. And it is post-winning the Oscar. The best actor Oscar, not the supporting actor. Yeah, that film's got a kind of problematic cast situation going on there, hasn't it, Baby Driver? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Rick Kidd, at Rick J. Kidd. Uh, whenever a new Oscar Isaac film comes out, I always remember that random dance moment from Ex Machina. <laughs> what are your favourite random what the fuck moments uh, movies uh, uh, movies movies from a film? Must be scenes. Yeah, must be scenes from a film. One proviso: no plot twists or reveals allowed. I don't have Ex Machina. That dance scene is fucking spectacular. I love that. I still occasionally just like Google that and watch it on YouTube. I love it. Hmm. Um, can, I have, can I have David Bowie's entire character in the movie Into the Night? Ask a moment. 
Or at the moment when his character comes out and he's just stood behind um, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. And then he just goes up to Jeff Goldblum and Michelle Pfeiffer and just starts like laughing and just having a joke with him. <laughs> um, I would go with Werner Herzog. I think it's like his maybe his first speech in Jack Reacher. Oh, that's a good one. Where it's just like, this is a very, very intense speech and it's Werner Herzog giving it in Jack Reacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a solid one. That one. Isn't his character in that called the Zek? He's just called the Zek. Yeah, he's a, he's definitely a the, isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the Zek. I think you might be right there. Uh, there's probably some like really obvious ones where it's yeah, yeah. Uh, of, of what the fuck moments, but but yeah. That one always comes to mind, that David Bowie, like, the, the, he's just got a grin that, honestly, if you ever watch Into the Night, um, it, Bowie's first scene in it is literally, and he, this man is a big Bowie fan, it's almost like Ricky Gervais has modelled his entire career around, I need to be that guy all of the time. Are you allowed to have ones, are you allowed to have ones that are meant to be what-the-fuck moments? As long as it's not a plot reveal. In Houseu, where the head's just floating around. I really enjoy that. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Most of that film, though, to be fair, would fall under that category. It's a very what-the-fuck film. Yeah. 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 <gasps> Go get that poster. I'm not getting a Houseu poster. No, I don't like it. Uh, right, that was episode 422. What are we covering next week, Ian? Okay, so, um, oh dear. Um, uh, yeah, um, we'll be, we'll be covering Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, look, honestly, I'm really, really looking forward to it either way because either I can say, I just watched a really fun Ghostbusters movie, or I can say, fuck y'all, I've been saying all of this stuff for months and I was right. So either way, I win. Yep. Um, yeah, you're, I've got, you're, you're I, on a hiding to something. I'm on, I'm on hiding to something. Um, also, um, Lin-Manuel Miranda's Tick, Tick, Boom, the film for which Andrew Garfield is likely to be nominated for Best Actor at the Oscars, is on Netflix on Friday. Yeah, I, mean, I, I can happily watch that. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll all definitely talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, also, King Richard, the film that Will Smith is probably going to win Best Actor for. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you much, Ian. Oh, thank you, thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Becky. Thanks. And we shall speak to you next week. Bye. Goodbye.